Hi, and welcome to the Chainsaw Carving Podcast. My name is Molly Wistie, and I'm a chainsaw carver in Minnesota. And I started this podcast to help carvers who are a little bit isolated and want to learn more about chainsaw carving, even though they can't always go and carve with someone else. Today, I'm excited because I get to talk to Doug Moreland from Texas. Um, Doug is under Doug Moreland on Facebook and Instagram and his website, so make sure you go and check out his work. All right. Hi, Doug. Howdy. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, you too. How are things down in Texas? It's good out here where I am in West Texas. The weather's real nice right now. We had a uh, big storm come through that kind of hit all of Texas a couple weeks ago, but all's well now. Good. Good to hear. Yeah. Okay. So... What's your story? How did you start chainsaw carving? Um, well, as far as with a chainsaw, I saw some people in Riadosa, New Mexico, carving some friends and uh, that were doing it. And uh, I had to go check it out and see what the heck they were doing. And <laughs> I instantly got fascinated and wanted to try it. You know, like, I can do that. Let me borrow a saw. <laughs> so my friend did. He let me borrow a saw and it was... Uh, like a steel uh, electric saw. So I went to the end of a hundred foot cord and carved a bear <laughs> and, and I sold it for 50 bucks. Nice. Right. And did you do this on the spot when you saw the people carving? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like a Monday. I went <laughs> down there to say hi to him anyway. I had no idea what they were doing. I just knew they were down there making something out of wood. And when I went down and saw what they were doing, I was like, Oh, I could do that. Let me see that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I told the whole band, I went back, and I sold two bears that day for 50 bucks each, and I went and told the band. You know, my friend was like, go find your own place to carve. And uh, <laughs> I went and told the the whole band we were playing in Riadosa at the time <clears throat> for a week, and it was like southern New Mexico is where it is. And uh, I said, man, I've got it. And we canceled all our gigs, and we bought chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> and we all went back to Tennessee and started carving. There's like, there's six of us went out to Gatlinburg uh, in October of 98 and started carving out there. And we hit town pretty hard because there was only one other guy carving around there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there was six. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was a lot of, yeah, we flooded the bear market pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, then we all started getting creative and carving different things. And there's a few other carvers that showed up and now it's really busy car. There's a lot of carvers there. Townsend and where's Valley road. That's where we were. Sevierville. Okay. Anyways, we stayed there about a year and then I came back to Texas. Nice. Uh, and did you say, was, did you say that was the first time you chainsaw carved? Had you carved before that at all? Yeah. I'd carved little things with a knife. Uh, when I was a kid, okay. my dad carves, so he's real good, and he carves small little cowboys and western scenes. So I grew up knowing the tools to use, you know, Dremels and bandsaws. And but so when I saw someone with a chainsaw, I was like, "Oh, that's I, I know what you're doing. I can do that." You know? <laughs> cool. Fast. So, so I, already a, I already had an idea of uh, form anyway right yeah i remember the first time i tried 3d work because i mainly did 2d and it it's a whole different mindset 
Yeah, it's not, I can't explain it. No, I don't know how to explain it either, but I couldn't think about both, like, two sides at the same time at first. <laughs> yeah. But I can also, this is another un, uncanny little trick that I've under, I understand, and I think it goes hand in hand with looking at a log and what I can carve out of it, is I can look at a bowl of mashed potatoes after everybody's eaten on it, and I can tell which size uh, bowl a uh, storage container it will fit in <laughs> <laughs> i have a good judge of volume <laughs> yeah i think i was thinking that the other day i was like you know that's when i look at a log i can tell if it you know what will fit in it and won't 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 you know right anyway that's interesting on your website you talk about some really interesting side jobs that you had along the way what what were some of those Oh, well, I've always tried to play music, but I've had to do other jobs to make sure I had enough money to play music because it's not always so lucrative. But yes, I've I delivered pizzas one night. And it might have been just pizza. I don't remember. I didn't. That job didn't last very long for me. <laughs> uh, I was a waiter one day, one afternoon. I'm not much in the service industry. And then uh, I've done... Uh, I built lots of houses and things. So anything to do with wood, I've always kind of gravitated toward. But the the uh, uh, in the early days, trying to figure out how to make some money and be able to play music was tricky. I built boat docks in Austin and Lake Travis, and uh, but I've always played music, so that's a that that one kind of. And then when I started chainsaw carving, it just kind of worked. They worked together real well. I could take wood carvings with me to a show, you know, and sell them from the stage. I did it this weekend in Lukenbach. <laughs> I sold a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and I actually, that probably kind of goes into the next thing I was going to ask you. Um, so I know you set up a lot of a lot of gigs where you play music and chainsaw carve. How often does that work out for you, where the two the two go together? Oh, you know, in the, in the spring and fall, it seems like there's people that have events where it works out like that. Um, there's one I've done for several years in, um, in uh, it's in Cuero, Texas, and it's the turkey trot, they call it. And it's all about turkeys, <laughs> and that's in the fall. So I often carve there and play music, too, because they have bands. And, but I've done several things where the they'll have me come carve for an event, you know, carve something in 30 minutes or so and then play a little bit and then bring it up on stage and auction it. And sometimes they make enough money to pay the band. <laughs> oh, wow. That'd be cool. You know, so I do, I've done that several times. This year has been weird because they cut off everything fun to do, but it will come back. People who want to have fun and interesting uh, events. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, um, lately I've seen, I mean, I've seen this on YouTube for a while, but some art teachers that I know, when the school band plays or something, the art teacher will go up and, like, create a painting while the band is playing. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's really, people really like to watch stuff like that. Yeah, I've got, there's a lady I follow on Instagram that, I haven't met her, but she's friends with a friend. 
and she's really good and fast and she goes and does big concerts so the concert will be going on and she's on the side of the stage painting george Strait. you know yeah is it's pretty amazing and she paints it upside down and she spins the thing you know she so the perspective is kind of strange it's hard to look at what she's doing and then <laughs> that's always so amazing I, i've seen yeah. some of those where they paint them upside down maybe it's her <laughs> it might be that lady <laughs> yeah it's kind of famous blonde-headed lady cool i haven't tried it with a chainsaw carver though while another band's playing i have a little bit but not like as a show i think it'd be kind of funny yeah maybe it'd be interesting with the noise like i'm sure you could figure it out yeah you know in a big show the the sound system, um, my saw is drowned it out completely. Oh, sure. So it doesn't. And I use those battery saws mostly anyway now. Okay. I've really gotten into the, I've got two batteries, well, three battery saws, and then lots of grinders, and but everything battery. And then I can charge it with my, my solar. <laughs> <laughs> two, when I've been working with battery saws, and then I go to a gas saw, and I've got a pull start of a gas saw, I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, so much easier when you can just pick it up. <laughs> I, I do it all the time now. I'll take my gas on, put it up the log, and pull the trigger, and nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, oh, dang it, where's it? Yep. Yeah, but the battery saws work real good for me. I like them. So I'm, and I, I listen to books and things on uh, in my headphones and podcasts, sometimes about chainsaw carving. And uh, when I do that, it's I can hear better with the <laughs> with the electric saw. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I used a saw though last fall. I'm trying to get them to give me one. They haven't yet because they've been on back order for a long time. But it's a 500i from Steel, and it's fuel injected, and it's seven pounds lighter than the 461 I have. Man, it's neat. That it's kind of loud, but it's it sounds good. Sounds like a real nice dirt bike. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good sound. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the fastest saw I've ever used. I don't know if we got into talking about saws all of a sudden, but I like to work fast so I can go do something else. <laughs> I always have too many things to do. I know, it's true. And once in a while I find myself carving and I'll get a little bit annoyed if it's taking longer than I think. And then, and then when you stop and think about it, chainsaw carving compared to other art, I'm like, yeah, but I just blocked out an entire animal in, in 40 minutes. Like, what am I complaining about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speed is good. I've been, I've been really just carving one or two days a week here in Fort Davis because I've been building a place to live and some other things, gardening, and we got a cow and milk cow, and we got all sorts of stuff going on. But uh so yeah, I've been annoyed at myself for not getting enough done, <laughs> but I get a lot done in just one or two days, but I'm out of stuff right now. I got to get down there and it's spring break. There's people showing up in town cause it's a, we're a, a destination spot. Okay. Out here in West Texas. Sure. So people come up here too, but it won't be for a few months yet. Oh uh, yeah. You got time. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I'm kind of in the same situation just with teaching. When I'm teaching, I only carve about two days a week. So I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. I know you travel sometimes for extended periods of time. 
When you're on the road and you're not at home, how do you find wood and places to carve? Um, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, just seeing where people are. I, I've always just gone to friends' shops over the past 10 years or so. You know, and just go hang out with them and carve and leave some stuff. Uh, when I was traveling Mexico last year, we... Uh, I just set up on the beach, you know, and people bring you wood, find a couple logs to carve. And next thing you know, you got somebody going, Hey, you need wood. You know, <laughs> that's I always, awesome. I, I always scrounged up something. Sure. I carved down in Terlingua for a while. In Terlingua, there's no trees. It's desert. I mean, it is desolate, but man, I kept scraping up old two by fours and things, fence boards and, um, stumps people had cut up off of something else you know that might have been cedar or pine man i made a bunch of stuff down there i made a big old buzzard just out of two by fours and carved it you know that's cool it's kind of fun it was like well so anywhere i go i can figure out what you know you can make stuff out of junk i learned that from rl blair <laughs> <laughs> yeah that guy knows how to make stuff out of nothing <laughs> that's a good skill <laughs> yeah. So then when you leave, when you carve at friends' shops kind of all over the place, when stuff sells, do you just get get checks after it sells, or how, how do you work all that out? Um, It depends on who it is, but most of them have PayPal or Venmo or something. Sure. Can okay. Just, um, Ken Braun likes to wait till he sees me. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Uh, but when I do see him, he always pays up good. Last time I was at his place, that's in Montrose, Colorado. I carved six Indians or seven. Uh, two, well, a couple of them were cowboys, but just full-size carvings, and I sold them all on Facebook before I even left. You mentioned having R.L. Blair as a carving mentor. How how did that relationship come about? How did you guys find each other? Um, at a beer festival. It's <laughs> a good place. <laughs> it was love at first beer. No, he... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's a beer drinker, but uh, I was playing a gig there that he'd moved to Austin because his son and new wife with a new baby had moved to Austin. So RL was out in California, and him and his wife decided to come be closer to their fam to his son, to Travis is his son's name, and uh, so he looked up the one and only chainsaw carver in Austin, Texas, which was me, <laughs> and found me at a beer festival where I was playing but it's kind of neat I already knew who he was because of that uh Jesse Groshen book you know oh yeah so me and my friend Bubba would argue Bubba's my friend Bubba is like R.L. Blair's hands down the best and I said whatever that guy ain't nothing on Jay Chester Armstrong you know we'd kind of <laughs> <laughs> and then I ended up being and then R.L. and Jay Chester Armstrong have been buddies they've known each other for a long time like 45 years or something or longer okay like both carving that long 45 or 50 years and uh anyway then rl's the one that shows up at my shop and he's been there he's still there i saw him yesterday or today this morning when i left <laughs> okay but i was down there in austin but he's still there for a little bit they're widening the road i've sold all the buildings i took down more sheds so it's it's just his stuff sitting there and he's about to go to another place make some other things somewhere else but 
our city has grown around uh, the little town I lived in there. Oh. You know, the old saying about moving to the country. Well, I was in the country, but the city caught up with me. You know, the city moved <laughs> to the country. That's what's happening. You got to move further out. Yeah, I got further west. That's what I keep telling people. I'm just getting wester. <laughs> <laughs> until, it, until I don't hear no trains or sirens. And that I found it. <laughs> sure. Hopefully it'll stay that way for a while. It probably will. This town, I graduated high school in this town in 1992. And the sign said population 1,000. And it's still the same today. It's different people a little bit but not many. I mean, some of the same. Sure. <laughs> but it hadn't grown or, or, uh, or dwindled. Okay. And it's kind of a, it's got a fort. The fort is here. So it's owned by the national, it's a national historic site. So and it's fairly well restored. So you can go visit it and walk around. It's pretty cool. And then they have the whole town is, it's got several little Mexican food places and people can, uh, there's lots of Airbnbs, and, you know, there's a coffee shop. There's things to do and wander around town, you know. Sure. Okay. Like, just like a little mountain town, but we don't have skiing or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a mountain town. So what are some things that you learned from RL about the carving world or carving in general? I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah, how to carve eyeballs, um, little funny tricks. Because he, would, he wouldn't exactly teach me, but he would, like if I was carving an Indian, he'd just happen to carve one too. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's how that should look. <laughs> so, there's a lot of that happened. And we also got into just some, I've known, it's been 12 years I've known him there working at my shop. So we've built all sorts of crazy things like scooters and we turned lawnmowers. I turned one into a train engine. He turned one into a little truck. And we we also mounted motor motorcycle engines on uh, bicycles. You know, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, we Just a bunch of just goofy stuff that made no sense and made no money. But it was, that was the learning I did. Not only just carving, but just, you know, practical skills about how to, how mechanics, how the mechanics of anything, you know, it's kind of, he's real good at that stuff. Cool. Yeah, so we had a lot of fun making, having silly projects. He's still got some. He's got two three-wheelers there. One's made out of like a Chevy Nova and a Honda. He calls it the Chanda. It's, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. It's like the front of a car is the back of a motorcycle. I don't know. He's got some weird things going on. Yeah, it sounds fun. It's good to it's good to mess around and have fun, especially in times like these, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And he does. Like right now, he's just making things. Where he doesn't have to use the saws as much because his shoulders hurt. He doesn't like to start saws. And uh, so he makes a whole lot of things out of just little boards. So he's got, I mean, full-size big fish, but all made out of little pieces and then painted. Man, they're really cool looking. Yesterday, carving some dolphin fish. And he gets the colors just right. It's really neat. Hmm. I learned a lot about painting from him. I can tell you that. Okay. How to paint carvings and... You know, he uses spray paint and uh, and tape and paper. And I didn't know how. I was like, how do you paint? Because he painted a couple of things. I was like, you spray paint? And I was like, how do you do spray paint on that? It's all, I mean, something with about 20 colors on it. But 
it's just all layers just like if you're good at photoshop you'd be good at painting wood carvings with tape and <laughs> so is he using right. the tape and paper just to like mask parts off yeah and okay. then you so, but you kind of layer it depending on what you're doing sure i learned a whole lot of tricks from him and that and the airbrush you know you can make them carvings pop with an airbrush and real subtle just a little bit of black you know cool i use a torch in kind of the same way so i use oxygen acetylene a lot and leave my carvings just kind of wood grain i don't paint as much anymore i still do a little bit but it depends on the order if someone orders something wants it painted like i used to i do some cowboys for a barbecue restaurants here in texas called cooper's i've done four or five of them and they're all just like a character like old camp cook kind of cowboy you know with an apron but i paint those things you yeah know, i find there's some subjects that look better with paint and there's some that that obviously look look better without it yeah any of the native american kind of indian looking stuff i I leave it wood you know and a torch and it looks to me looks really good so i saw that you you set up what you call the small town icon outside of austin where you hosted all these different art events how often are those events and what are they like um well they're a big pain in the butt. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever thrown a party <laughs> for a whole bunch of people that don't care. No, I, uh, for years, yeah, we threw a party. I called it a carving party and calf fry cook-off. So I'd had teens come and cook calf fries, which is, which is the nuts of the, you know, little bitty bull nuts. <laughs> um, and it's ethical. I mean, you can eat part of the bull without killing it. The Austin people really got a kick out of that. But um, we threw the party every year for 13 years. But I'd have carvers and some people, you know, there'd be artisans of different sorts, mostly carvers. And uh, and lots of different musicians and everybody camp out for a few days. It was a lot of fun. But my wife told me she would divorce me if I tried to do another one. <laughs> I was going to ask, now that, now that you're moving further away from... <laughs> Your spot is it over? Yeah, no, no more parties. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun when everything was nothing was scary or dangerous, you know. And right. uh, we just threw a party without asking anybody's permission. Um. Anyway, nowadays they, everybody wants everybody wants you to ask somebody if you can do it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like asking anybody to do nothing. I'm That's a chainsaw awesome. carver <laughs> and a musician. I'm not real good at asking permission. So I started to, we just kind of let it go. I, I get ideas for, you know, shows all the time, but I don't. Man, the work involved in trying to make something happen mm -hmm. is a lot. And we did it, but it was, a, and it, but it would rain on us every year. So I just got to where <laughs> we just did but if you want some rain, go ahead and book me <laughs> for an outdoor show. And it's guaranteed. Anyway, we had, but we had some good times. We And there was a lot of carvings went everywhere. It made a, it was a one of a kind event. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. When you're getting ready 
like when you go on the road in the summer or whatever, when you're getting ready to go, how early do you sign up for events and like how planned out is your trip? I plan nothing. And most of my events have been, Hey, we had a guy cancel. Can you make it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Almost all of mine have been like that, that you've seen me at even the Craig, you know, I'd send word that I'm interested and they'd be like, well, we're full, but we'll put you on the list. But each time they'd call anyway. Sure. Um, but that's, I, I, if I'm definitely wanting to be there, I have put in early and made sure I got to be on the show, but most of them just kind of come to me uh, by way of uh, suggestion. Like the last one I went to was in Indiana and it was someone canceled. Did they, uh, hey, there's a the dog. Come here, buddy. My dog. <laughs> we got a new dog. His name's Sir. 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 Yes, sir. No, sir. You know, <laughs> it's very polite. <laughs> <laughs> um but i've always just kind of i haven't made a living of the of the shows like some people do so it just kind of would work out like oh yeah i can be there yeah but i usually they work out really well for me i've done some nice ones where i come away with some pretty good money to you know spend on diesel and hamburgers for the kids <laughs> <laughs> i know i always I always try to go on a trip that I want to go on anyways. And then if I make money at the event, like you said, it just pays, pays for gas and whatnot. Yeah. It's not like you're getting rich, but it's nice to, it's nice to be able to travel and get, and keep breaking even or whatever. That's what I like. You don't want to make too much where they want you to pay people like <laughs> taxes or something. You want to make, do you want to just, just enough to live and not too much to be noticed? <laughs> a good tip yeah that's what rl says there ain't no rich wood carvers i don't know why you're wanting to do this when people ask him about wood carving yeah they want to be a wood carver i don't know why you want to do this <laughs> <laughs> it's very cynical, but it's funny he would choose nothing different you know he's a fun guy to be around uh if you could take him, sometimes he's <laughs> he's rough because he smokes cigarettes and drinks beer all day. And he, he says exactly what's on his mind. So if you're not ready to hear it, like some people are not ready to hear what he has to say sometimes. And it's, it makes me laugh. But I take everything with a grain of salt. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not too sensitive. And I and it's nice because you, you always know where you stand, right? You're never questioning like what's what he's thinking or anything right it's very clear and it's nice yeah <laughs> people don't like that i like it <laughs> yeah i think i would like it yeah i can be pretty straight but um he's yeah he's got signs up now he's like when you walk up to where his little work area is of course he has all sorts of wooden signs that say funny things you know you are who you choose to be uh, you know, just little life's lessons kind of things. Yeah. We've met the enemy and he is us, Pogo. You know, <laughs> but he has this one sign that says, no special orders, you know. And and then one of them says, don't even think in a, thinking of asking for a carbon for your GD charity. <laughs> <laughs> I like, RL, that's kind of rough. He goes, well, damn it. 
It's constantly someone asking for a free carbon for a charity. Yep. Don't I look like I need charity? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's he's funny. That's but cool. he's an old crotchety guy. I like <laughs> him though. All right. So you have a pretty unique lifestyle, at least to, to most people. How do you think your lifestyle helps you as an artist? Um, the freedom of, you know, I can work when I want to. Um, and it's not because I've made money. I've actually just, I've, I'm driving the same truck I've been driving for 20 years. I just fix things that I own. So I have stuff that I've owned for a long time that I just keep fixing. Some of them are chainsaws. But I've been able to keep my overhead super low. So therefore, you have freedom to move about the country or wander around or go do shows without too much of a, without having to worry about trying to make a whole bunch of money. Yeah. So, and that's only just because lifestyle choice over the years and not, part of it's not making enough money to even have a bunch of stuff. But at the same time, we've done the, we started minimizing a couple of years ago, four years ago. and started just getting rid of everything that we didn't need. It's kind of like the Marie Kondo thing, you know. Yeah. You, you hold it and you say, "Thank you for your service. I love you. Bye." And <laughs> you put it put it aside or let it go or throw it away or whatever it is. So we did that a lot. <laughs> That's cool. That's I I like that. I just have to convince my kids and my husband. <laughs> I know it's. I had to read the book too because I was like, oh, I don't know. We need this though, and then you really realize. We've been in a bus for three years, so we've, and now we've got more room to spread out. We're acquiring more things all of a sudden, but it's still, a, it's still pretty minimal, fairly well minimal, <laughs> except for my amount of vehicles. I have lots of things. I got a Jeep and a truck, but everything has its purpose. I have the campulance for camping and then the bus for living. And I just got the, one of the kids, a, a little motor scooter, little mini bike. <laughs> He's been riding around. I've been riding around. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. And that's then, cool. uh, you know, anyway, we've got, we got a, I've got a, most things I traded wood carvings for though. So it's like, if you can get a deal trading a wood carving for a whole car, I mean, you gotta, you gotta take the deal. <laughs> <laughs> and then worry about getting rid of the car. So I've got a Volkswagen bug that's got a little diesel engine in it and it's a i traded a wood carving a willie nelson head for it the ambulance i traded a big wood carving for it's down at the courthouse the ambulance was the rescue vehicle here in the mountains (laughs) so the so the city or something traded you yeah i traded the city it was up for auction and i said i said can my bid be this wood carving and i said a picture but the wood carving's out of a tree that came out of the courthouse originally anyway. It's one they had to take down because it was too close to the courthouse. Okay. Yeah. It's like an old building from the 1880s. So the trees are really old, too. Anyway, I got the biggest part of the stones. And I carved this. It's a horse and a cowboy on it and uh, a bear all falling off a cliff. <laughs> it's really big. I was going to give it to him anyway. But uh, <laughs> I saw that ambulance up for auction, and I was, 
then I emailed the judge with a picture. Said, can I put in a bid for this? And he, he said, yeah, I think you can. And he goes, it has to go to committee, though. So they it went to, during their committee meeting the next week, they unanimously, unanimously voted yes. <laughs> I could trade a wood carving for an ambulance. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's the story. Yeah, and then, then I turned it, I gutted it and turned it into a camper van. It's real cool now. Added a Cummins diesel, you know, you've got to make it right. And that's yeah. we, we drove it all down into Mexico. I took my saws. So I took all the tools I needed to do full-size carvings, but with just battery saws. I didn't take any gas saws. But I was awesome. able to carve some pretty big stuff down there with just those uh, electric battery saws. And I could take them all apart and fit them like out of the way so that if someone did, they're hard to steal because they were just, it was all, uh, I'd take them all apart, you know battery being a different spot and the and the blades and everything anyway yeah it'd be hard to find it all yeah anyway what else you got <laughs> okay so i was gonna ask you what's your favorite subject matter or style of carving like what do you like to carve the most anything the western type stuff like i do road runners and uh javelina hogs and uh, mountain lion, cowboy, Indian kind of stuff. That's what I lean toward. Right now, I got one going. It's a full-size donkey sitting on his ass, and then a, a this big Mexican guy with a with a poncho pulling him. And it's two pieces. It's two big logs, but they're really big, full-size. It's kind of funny. Cool. I carved it real fast, and I just hadn't finished it. It's one of those things. It's like. Wow, like you were saying earlier, I just blocked that out in 30 minutes, and now it's two weeks of details. Yep. <laughs> it was taking a lot longer than I thought. Do you yeah. have pictures of that one up at all, like on, on social media or anything, or not yet? Maybe on Instagram. Okay. I'm going to go down there tomorrow the next day. I'll put some up. I don't know when you... What, what is your name on Instagram? Just Doug Moreland. Okay. I think I think I follow you, but I just for other people. Yeah, it's on there. Me, I think there's a picture of me playing the fiddle or something. Okay, Probably cool. Change. There are a few other Doug Morelands, but I'm the only one that plays a fiddle and runs a chainsaw at the same time. Sure, <laughs> we'll know we found the right one. Yeah, so it's not. Everybody's like, "There's too many people in the world." I said, "No, there's not." Google <laughs> chainsaw carving fiddle player, and I'm the only guy that comes up. Yep. <laughs> so it's not that populated. Very unique. It's it's a small world. <laughs> and then the last thing I was going to ask you is, uh, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to share and or do you have any advice for other artists, other carvers? I don't know. I've enjoyed, I've, I've enjoyed chainsaw carving for the last 20 years or longer. Because and all the people I've met, mainly because it's usually like some happy-go-lucky people. I don't meet too many stressed-out people. They might have been in another job and they became chainsaw carvers to drop the stress. But um, you know, just for as far as advice goes, don't be too uptight. You know, if you mess up a carving, it, someone's gonna love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it always goes, "Oh, that's so cute." 
I love your bear. And it's like, well, it was a wolf, but I'm sure it's a bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it. I like chainsaw carving. I like making uh, making things out of nothing and doing it fast. So anybody that's pursuing that, you know, just make make sure it's unique. You know, try not to copy directly anybody else because it pisses some of them off. I know RL used to get pissed off. <laughs> People copy his bears, but he'd just change, do something totally different. Yeah. Anyway. Me, I don't care. You can copy whatever I do, but I'm going to do something totally different the next time. Right. I don't have, uh, but I'm not worried. Not too many people copy what I do because I change it up so much. But I have, I have clientele's like just, it's like tattoos, you know. Some people, once they get one, then they just, they're looking for the place to put the next one, <laughs> you know. So for tattoo artists and chainsaw carvers. Yeah, those are good clients to have. Yeah. Yep. I like them. Cool. Well, cool. sorry it took so long to keep track me down. I I haven't had Wi-Fi much, and now we're in the mountains, and we don't even have, we can't even get Wi-Fi. We decided, you know what, we're gonna go ahead and pay and have internet, and we can't even get internet now because <laughs> where we are in this canyon, it's like okay. It is tough to get internet in the mountains. I've had to drive yeah. out of the mountains to a coffee shop or something to try to get internet. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're, but here, my parents' house is just down the street, so that's where I'm at now. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on. I know it took us a while to figure this all out. We're doing it on Skype. That worked out pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds fun. As long as you got Wi-Fi. Thank you for listening to the Chainsaw Carving Podcast. Be sure to go and check out our other episodes. And if you like the podcast, tell a friend and go ahead and give us a rating. Thank you.